What is up, ladies and gentlemen? This episode is brought to you. That is right. Father's Day bloke is doing another huge drop. Our first ever matching shirts. And what do I mean by that? We are releasing on Father's Day big bloke and matching little bloke shirts. So the fathers get the big bloke shirt. Obviously, your little fella, he can get a little bloke shirt. Our first ever um, kid uh, merchandise. And also, we've got girl dad and daddy's girl shirts releasing. Plus, kids footies, one that says little bloke on it and another one that says daddy's girl on it. That is right. Father's Day It is dropping next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Very limited supply, similar to the jumpers. Um, matching shirt. So, you, you know, if you want to buy it for yourself or your partner wants to buy it, they can buy you a big bloke shirt and then get a, a little bloke shirt that matches it. And then you can sit on the couch with your little man watching the rugby league and matching shirt. Doesn't get much better than that. Or if you're a girl dad, it's a shirt that says girl dad on it and daddy's girl. Nothing better for Father's Day. Make sure to set your alarms Wednesday, 6 p.m. Very limited supply as usual. Let's get straight into it, baby. Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Packer Up, boys. It is time for the ritual. Wow! Smooth, easy drinking beer. It doesn't get much better. It does not get much better. As always, guys, what a week. What a week. I'm sure you're sitting there going, I hate my boss. I hate my <laughs> boss. Or I hate what I'm doing. I hate what I'm doing for work. Or I feel like I'm not getting appreciated. Put it all aside, baby. Put it all aside. I'm sure you've got a great partner that you enjoy time with or kids or friends. Just focus on the good things, baby. Focus on the good things this weekend. Enjoy yourself. In Sydney, great weather outside. The sun is out. It is shining. Getting a little bit warmer. Getting a little bit warmer. Um, and I tell you what, in the, in the sporting world, it does not stop. But before we get to it, Father's Day drop, Wednesday, 6 p.m. That is right. We've got four big bloke shirts. Three little bloke shirts, and what I mean by that, four colours for the big bloke, three colours for the little bloke, one girl dad, one colour of the girl dad shirts, and one colour for the daddy's girl shirts. Plus, we've got two kids footies, one that says little bloke, one that says daddy's girl. I will say the amount of tags that we have gotten in our post on social media shows that the demand is really, really high. This is a very limited drop, guys, very similar to the jumpers. Um, you know, I've told you all before the jumpers, it was a limited amount and they sold out in like five or six minutes. So make sure to be there at 6 p.m. Wednesday night um, because, I mean, look, I, me personally, as a, having a kid soon, I'm actually excited. I know that we've only got um, sizes two, like ages two to, what is it, 12? 12. Two to 12. But I'm just excited to even get the just shirt on him, even though it's not going to fit him. So matching shirts, you got the big bloke and the little bloke or... Girl dad and daddy's girl in the little footies, which I would definitely be getting a little footy for the little man. Uh, next Wednesday, 6 p.m., guys, set the alarms. Tell the miso, can you spoil me on Father's Day, please? Uh, but outside of that, make sure to grab a case of bloke beer this weekend. Get it from your local. We're in local independence. It's the beer of rugby league. You know, I don't think there's a beer in history across the world that loves sport the way we do. We were born in sport, literally created for sport. So if you love your footy, grab a case of bloke beer from your local. Matty, how you going, brother? I'm good. I'm excited. It's uh, We're getting closer and closer and closer to finals. Um, as you said, the weather's warming up, which has just been great. We've been pretty blessed this winter, which has been nice. But I reckon whenever I think of like what's the best month of the calendar year, I think September for me. Just because September. it's warming up and the finals are on. See, I like it a little bit warmer. Okay. A little bit warmer. I want to be rolling out of the house. I remember when I went to the Warriors, it shocked me how much the weather affected my mood. 
Yeah. I couldn't, like, I was so inexperienced in life. I'd never lived anywhere else other than Queensland. Mm. Went to New Zealand and I was truly struggling with the fact that I had to wear jeans, shoes and a jacket everywhere. And it sounds like the stupidest issue. Like, are you serious? Grow the fuck up. But it's like a 22 year old. It's just something I wasn't ready for. And it's something that genuinely affected my mood. Like for like, like getting ready for uh, training before you run out, wearing the jackets, the trackies. It is so different to Queensland where you wake up in the morning, you got thongs, singlet, training wise, you're not like cold and oh, the contact's gonna hurt a little bit more or the ground's wet. Mostly in Queensland, it's always warm and it genuinely affected my mood. Like I was sitting there going, oh, I just don't wanna wear jeans and a jacket today, which is again, so soft and so pathetic, but I'm telling the truth. See, I can sit here and laugh, but like I've never lived out of Sydney. In fact, I've only ever lived out of this suburb for one year in my life, which was like four years ago. Mm. I, I'd, if I moved anywhere else, I'd be the same. I reckon this is the first, I'm only wearing jeans because we were at a photo shoot before. I don't know why I wore jeans, but I reckon this is the first time I've ever worn jeans in, in this studio. I'm not a pants guy. Nah, neither. I'm not a pants guy. I'm a shorts guy. Yeah. Stay loose, baby. Free. Stay fresh. Yeah. Let us know in the comment section, you're a pants guy or a shorts guy. There's something about pants that just not comfortable to me. Mm. I don't feel free. And like, if I get attacked by some kind of highly <laughs> trained ninja, if I'm wearing pants, he wins. Yeah. I need to be ready to go at all times. That's why sometimes, like not sometimes, all the while, I'm wearing joggers. Mm. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to explode. I'm ready to defend my family from bandits <laughs> from in a post-apocalyptic world. What if bandits hit the, hit the house? And you're and you wearing and skin tight jeans. pants <laughs> and like leather shoes. Yeah, I no tell you good. what, I'm getting, my whole family's getting robbed. <laughs> the little fella, he's gone. He's going to get taken as a slave, be used as labor. The jeans are probably pretty good for a bit of labor. Yeah. So... Mate, that's why I wear shoes is to be ready for highly trained ninjas and assassins and also to stop bandits from robbing the family. That's extremely fair. When, when people ask me, like, where do you like to go out? I My default response is just anywhere that lets me in with shorts. Mm. And not just, like, because I want to wear shorts. Like, anywhere that's, like, cr- like casual or cruisy enough, mm. you can get in with shorts. That's, that's my vibe. Growing up, I had this idea of, like, I want to be wearing suits everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I want to be a suit guy because that means that I'm like making heaps of cash. I'm like cool and I'm suave. Mm. And as I got older, I was more like, I was like almost trying to force my way into it. Like, yeah, yeah, dress nicely all the time. And I got to a point I was like, no, no, I want to be so successful that I can wear whatever I want every day. Yeah. That's where I want to be at. I want to be a slob. I want to be, I want to just chill out. And so pants for me, I will say that when you work on a work site, like a big one, you want to wear pants. Well, yeah, that's necessary. Because, and I mean like not pants as in like business suit pants, just because like hitting your knees on stuff, scratching, yeah. definitely want to be wearing pants. Where I, I see some tradies like in house, I guess domestic stuff wearing shorts and I'm always like, damn. I, I get it in, in domestic because you've got to be a bit more agile to get in a ruse or whatever. Yeah. But fuck, their knees must get smashed by, you know, while they're working and that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm a shorts guy. I'm a shorts guy. Always was, always will be. Yeah, I love coming in here. My old job, like we had to wear just a polo shirt and, mm. and pants. And even that, I was getting sick of that. Like I just, especially like in the middle of summer, I haven't, because you look anywhere, no one no one wears shorts to work. No one. Yeah, I know. Like no one in offices anyway. No one in offices. But it's, I don't know, why, why are pants always less comfortable than shorts? And I'm not even talking about the free calves or whatever. I'm talking about around the hips and that. It's always yeah. not as comfortable. It's always tighter. It's, it's, yeah, like I'm 
literally dying in these right now. I, ha- I hate them. They're just, it feels tight there. It's tight around like the thighs. Do you think thighs. it pulls because it's on the knees? So, that, so yeah. it pulls down maybe? It must be. And look, I've had some really well tailored like suits, I guess, that have been great. And when you pay, you know, for like your wedding, yeah. when you pay a bit extra, it's, I guess, more comfortable. But yeah, I'm a shorts guy. And as I said, you just never know when a highly trained, efficient assassin will try to kill you. <laughs> so I'll be ready. You won't be. You won't be. Let us know in the comments. Are you a pants or shorts guy? Are you a pants or shorts guy? And also, are you a suit? Are you a guy that likes to get dressed up? Do you know blokes that like to get dressed up? Oh, 100%. I, it, it sh- it's crazy to me. But there, i got mates who like love to wear suits. They love like... I don't even know what the suit, sh- suit shops are, but they love getting new suits like for the races, for weddings, and they, they really? love it. Yes, yeah, not for me though. Yeah, I don't know. It's not for me. I, as I said, I thought I'd be that guy. Yeah. But I'm not that guy. I don't think I am. The only time I like wearing, well, I have to wear suits is like for Guru's wedding. I think that was the last time I wore one. Fuck. And going to the races. And both of those events, like like weddings and going to the races, like, you know, you have a few drinks and things can go, things can go terribly, terribly wrong. Hot take, hot take. Mm. Not that big a fan of the races. Hot take. Uh, you know what? I'm honestly like, I get it. And it's, if I go, if you go to the races for like one or two hours, fun. Yeah. If you're going on races for the day, yeah, not a big fan of it. I get accused of agreeing with you too much sometimes, <laughs> but I, I, I don't like the races either. I think it's a. I always just blow through heaps of money. I don't like horse racing. That's the problem. Mm. Like I'm not a fan. I, I don't punt on dogs or horses or anything i don't know anything about it like i was talking to timmy the other day and he was watching the races and he's like he knows everything i'm like wow this is like another mm. sport to you so i guess if you, if you like that it's it's good the only fun bit is the punting yeah but you can do that anywhere you can do that anywhere and also i don't know nothing about the horses but that's that's what makes it fun as i said a few hours of power why do i not like the races is it's just like not comfortable you yeah. can't just sit down and chill yeah i'm gonna sit i need to sit down and chill for a little bit being on my feet all day. And look, maybe it's a young man's game and a young woman's game. I'm not sure. But if if you could sit down comfortably, maybe in aircon for a little bit or – but being in the races all day long in the sun, you get your third or fourth hour in, you're just absolutely sloshed. Yeah. I'm just not a big fan. You're in your suit. It's not as comfortable. By the end of the day, your tie's undone. Your jacket's probably off. You probably lost your jacket. You probably yeah. spent a bunch of money. Yeah, I've just never been that big of a fan. Like, as I said, a couple of hours of power – Great. Love yeah. it. Love it. But going there the whole day is just not my my thing. I even a couple of hours for me, I don't I haven't been in years. I just avoid and it. And people that say, Oh, you should like you agree with me too much. Oh brah. That's why we're mates. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Who's mates with someone that they disagree with all the time? I know. I know. Like it would be so tiresome with a friend and you're sitting across from them and everything you say, they're like, nah, I disagree. You hate that I hate those people. It's like, bruh, you're a contrarian. We get it. You're the cool guy that disagrees with everything yeah. that everyone else likes. Whereas like your mates, usually you usually the reason why you're mates is because you have similar interests. Exactly. Usually similar opinions. It doesn't mean you have to be similar across the entire board. Yeah. But like otherwise it just wouldn't work. Like you, you look, think about the shows where they disagree constantly. Mm. They're, you know, what are the, what kind of shows are they? Where they're yelling at each other. Exactly. Yeah. You know, do, like so <laughs> Like, I always get surprised when people think that I'm just agreeing just to agree. Like, I I have no issue with disagreeing with literally anyone to their face. Yeah. Because I'm not a fucking dick. I can just say, oh, I probably feel a bit differently about this or that. But at the same time, I also, like, if I'm doing a show with someone, usually I'm friends with them. Usually we see things from the same perspective because that's, like, we get along. Oh, here, yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, this idea that you constantly have to be disagreeing, oh, my God. But usually those comments are from people that had the opinion that you wanted to disagree with me about. Exactly right, like, yeah. They, or, it always comes from like, you know, oh, because you, me and, you, me and, agree, me and you agree on something that they disagree with, then they'll be like, yeah, you're only doing that because you want to agree with him. Exactly. It's like, well, maybe yep. it's my real opinion. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're, we actually have a, a lot of things in common and we have we have the same kind of outlook on certain things. Um, yeah, so what a week of sport, hey? The oh, Tillies. Wow. The history that they have achieved is nothing short of incredible. And also, I've been thinking about it a lot more in regards to funding. And I get the argument of... The women's game doesn't generate as much revenue, you know, domestically. I, I get that argument. But I, with something like this happening, breaking the record for most viewed, so essentially half the country watched them play. Yeah. So it is, a, you know, Robbie Slater said it great on the, on the show earlier today, the, the Morning Glory. It is a party uh, sport where, you know, everyone gets on board, it comes around every now and then. But when I look at it from an opportunity perspective – is, okay, the men's soccer team, the Australian men's soccer team, they did incredible this year for, you know, where they stand in the world. But yeah. when you look across our roster, how many players do we have in the top tier playing in the best teams? Ooh. Pretty much none. But yeah, no. Pretty much none. So the, the journey back to the top, or not even back, the journey to the top of a World Cup for the men, it is a long-ass journey. Like, we're talking for fucking 20 years of luck yeah. plus support. Whereas the women's game, most of our players are in the top tier leagues. Mm, okay. So why not look at it the way, almost the way USA did? And I know, look, I know the USA had the same problems like with, you know, complaining about pay or whatever. But the USA with the women's team, it's almost like they're their shining trophy yeah. to the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, you know, the women's team more than the men's team. Oh, bloody hell. And so I think this is an opportunity for the government to go, why not make the Tillies our shining trophy to the rest of the, the world. We're already nearly there. Mm. Now, if we don't get behind the girls, other countries will catch up. But right now, we have top-tier players currently playing for our side. If we put a bit of funding behind it, and some people might say, oh, the girls get paid millions anyway over in those big Premier Leagues. Yeah, but that's different to the funding of development. The mm. girls, it's not about, and like obviously you would want the girls to get paid more if they're making semi cup, semi, you know, finals and World Cup finals. Yeah. But it's mainly, it's mainly not about that. It's actually about, okay, can we put funding in? Like for, for right now, the next 20 years, where do you reckon most girls are going to probably end up if you just, if everything stayed the same as the way it was? AFL and league. Probably league, yeah. Because they got the NRLW and the AFL. Yeah. AFLW. And, you go look at the Matildas and look they have achieved. If we get behind them now as a government, yes, I understand that the local game doesn't generate as much revenue, but they have easily the highest participation rate in yep. women's and men's. Their petition rate is participation rate is so high they actually struggle to find soccer fields to play at. Really, it is wow. super high at a young young age, but there's just no pathways. Yeah, so we have this huge opportunity to use the Matildas as our shining light to the rest of the world. Why not take it? Yeah. Why not take it? And it may not make immediate financial sense of like generating, but at the same time, I do believe that the Matildas could generate enough revenue over the next few years to pay for an increased amount of um, government spending. Look what happened at the World Cup. Tell, like, let's say, so the government, I'm pretty sure, owns the stadiums, yep. public transport, but they also tax on all goods sold. So, Imagine the increased amount of money that has been made 
because of the World Cup mm. and Matilda's going really well. So are you telling me that that's, that wouldn't be enough to justify increasing the revenue that is spent on them by the government? Yeah, 100%. And also, like, what you said before, like, yeah, it may not, the domestic cop may not, you know, generate revenue in that. But if you have that attitude, then it's, you're never going to do it, right? Mm. And if there's any time to do it, it's, it's right now. It's right now. After this incredible, incredible World Cup. It's right now. And it's, it, again, it's not just about giving money to the Tillies. It's about putting money in young sport for specifically men and women, but women, I would go even a bit more towards the women than the men, but hopefully, which is a 50-50 split. Mm. Because if we could keep a lot of our young players in the in the game, think about what the Tillies would look like in five to 10 years. I was at the pub watching the um, the last Matildas game against mm. England. So my girlfriend, she played, I think it's called N-League or NP, so, some mm. like high-level soccer in Victoria. NPL or something? Yeah, that's it. Um, and she, and like, and I was talking to like all her mates who like all played soccer as well. And they were like, so proud of this team because of like what they didn't have when they were younger and what, um, what like the next generation might have. But like, like they were telling me just even like compared to the, the men in that age, the men get like way more, even at, even at a, even at like, like children, which is just wild. And it's such an opportunity because it's not like the, the government doesn't spend money on obscure sports. Yeah. So Andrew Webster wrote a great article this morning saying that I think it's paddling gets $7 million in funding, whereas I think the, the women's soccer got like 1.9 or something. And that would just cover travelling and that. So it's not like the government doesn't spend money on obscure sports. And the reason why they do it is because it's building towards Olympic gold medals. Yeah. But tell me what's more valuable, oh. a soccer world cup? Or an Olympic gold medal in an obscure sport. Now, I don't want money to be taken away from any sport or whatever. Yeah. But you tell me, a lot of people say, oh, it's just sport. It's just sport. Tell me the last time you felt this country as unified as it was over this week. Literally never in my life. Never yeah. in my life. Not, not Certainly not a sporting team or sporting event. I was probably too young to really appreciate Kathy Freeman. So mm. I won't count. From, I'll say from there onwards, mm. I haven't felt like this. Like the country... Never. A, a, a country in today's day and age with social media actually all yeah. on board, you know, crossing party lines, you know, per se. Yeah. And just behind the girls. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So why not grab that, hold it and get behind it? It, it hasn't happened and it's not going to happen again. Sport unifies people. Yeah. In, across cultures, across race, across everything. Sport unifies people. That's why it's more than a game. That's why it's not yeah. just, oh, yeah, it's just a game. No, no, no. It unifies us behind a common goal and it makes us proud to be where we're from. Yeah. We should be proud that we're Australian. You know, I know there's this like huge movement of like hating where you're from. No country's perfect for sure. And we should absolutely always be looking to improve and we should absolutely look to the past and say that was wrong. Let's be better. But Australia, you should absolutely be proud to be Australian and you should absolutely be proud of this country. And I believe, you know, I've traveled and I've been really happy. You know, the places I've been, they're, they're really incredible, but there's no place like Australia. The, the mm. opportunity here, the living standard, it's a beautiful country. So I couldn't be more proud to be Australian. And I think it was so good to see the girls do what they did. Um, now, don't forget shoe grab. When you head to shoe grab to get new shoes, free delivery on all orders over $99. Sneakers, casual performance side, limited exclusives, plus a bunch of clothes and accessories. Also, don't forget Mackenzie Arnold is the code for menu log hungriest player use code arnold for ten dollars off 
Mexican food. That's right. Mackenzie Arnold is our hungriest player for Menu Log. Use code Arnold. Um, now, I'm sure people are waiting for it. Let's get into it. The Rugby League. Yeah. Sharks defeat the Cowboys. What a game from the Sharkies. Oh. What a game from the Sharkies. And I, I know it's kind of easy to go, oh, yeah, Cowboys are done. But I thought the Cowboys, for most of the game, played pretty bloody good footy. I thought 30 minutes in, I was like, wow, Cowboys are really dominating the Sharks mm. here. Like, through the middle, they, they just had their number. They're only up by six points. But then it just changed. Changed. And that's what's so impressive. 30 minutes in, I'm going, Cowboys are just tougher than the Sharkies. Yeah. And that's the one area where Sharkies just don't want to get into a grind and eventually they get broken. They didn't get broken. Matter mm. of fact, they said, all right, good. We'll stay in the grind with you. I think the completion rates for the first 20 were outrageously good. Yeah, that was, that was the first error was in, like I think, the 18th set yeah. of the game. And so it was back-to-back. It was grindy. And it's probably the... Mate, I'd make the argument it's one of the better performances I've seen since Craig Fitzgibbon took over. Away in yeah. Townsville against the North Queensland Cowboys playing for their season, and it was a high quality, I believe that was finals footy intensity. Yep. And they got the job done. It wasn't easy. They had adversity. They had, you know, Cowboys had the run of play, and they not only did they hang in there, they bounced back and scored a couple of tries and went in half time up. Yeah. That, like... The first 20 minutes of that game where I thought the Cowboys were winning, not only did they not make any errors, both teams were belting each other. Mm. Like, they were, the Sharks especially, like, there was a point in about the 20th to 25th minute where, like, I made a mental note that, like, no one's running onto the ball. Like, everyone's out on their feet right now. Yeah. And then just the, the mental toughness to flick the switch, as I said before, and... Turn it all around. I can't. I couldn't believe they were up by up at halftime. Espe- so good, especially when they didn't bomb a chance. But like when Hazelton ran the ball on fifth, when it like it probably should have gone a bit a bit more out wide to Nicaragua or someone, and then you're just like fuck. You know they got all the way down there and they wasted a chance, and then literally two minutes later they do the exact same thing and Hazelton scores a try. Yeah. Then Cowboys kick off and Royce Hunt who. Just off the kickoff, I know he had a bad error in the second half off the kickoff, but off the kickoff, he's so good. Made like 20 metres and then finished the set with a try. You're just like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And like even little things like seeing Blake Braley getting out of dummy half. They're playing on the advantage line. Like we always look at the Sharks for their incredible expansive play. But I, I just love, it's almost a bit like the Storm where they play on that front foot really well. Yeah. Blake Brady bringing Hazelton into the game like that. Like, that is... If they become dangerous around the ruck and on the edges, it's, like, almost impossible to stop them. Mm. I was super impressed with the Sharkies, and it bodes so, so well for the club that most other clubs in the competition, and literally most, outside of maybe Penrith and Storm, I'm trying to think, most other clubs outside of Penrith and Storm, with everything that went against the the Sharkies and the way they were travelling, fall out of the eight. Yeah. And they end their season poorly. Think of it. Even the Broncos last year fell out of the eight and look where they are this year. Mm. And so that shows you some mental resilience that is part of this Sharky squad that it bodes so well for the future because if you keep that attitude and then you a couple of recruits that come in because Wade Graham retiring that's going to free up a lot of money, it is, you know, a little bit of hiccup, a little bit of speed bump. Look, I, does it mean that they're going to play in a grand final? I'm not sure. I think if they make the finals and they have a solid showing, regardless of how it goes, a solid showing week one, I would be happy with that as a Sharkies fan. Yeah. To 
like last year was a fairy tale. Tenth to second, everything goes well for you. But this year was testing when you're teams usually and coaches can act very differently different differently in adversity. Whereas Craig Fitzgibbon has stepped towards the adversity, mm. taken it head on and turned the boys around. Nico Hines, crazy adversity, stepped towards it, got through it, pushed through it. Wasn't easy. It was a few games. It was a bit down on confidence. Stepped through it. That left edge, so much talk about it. Like think about heading into an NRL match when it's not even a secret. Like it's not even – usually going into a match, you might know internally the other team is watching – Okay, our left side's a bit weak. Yeah. The other team's going to be looking a bit of VR. Imagine going to NRL matches. Not only is the other team watching, everyone is watching and saying, you're the weak yeah. side and you're going to cost us a final series. They managed to shore up that edge and they still can get better, but managed to shore up that edge and do what they did. That shows mental resilience. Mm. That shows toughness. I am excited for the Sharkies. I really, as, a, as a, an entire club, I think that they're still in the right direction. I think Sharkies fans that, yes... You know, you didn't improve on last year, but progress is not a straight line. It never has been. It never will be. It's always tougher than you would ever expect it to be. You don't just roll in, have a great year, and then everything else is great. Look at the Broncos, for example. Everything was going great. We, everyone thought they were going to be a premiership threat last year. Boom, completely out of the water. They yeah. could have dropped their heads and said, oh, shit, we're done. No, nah, they came back next year. I think Sharkies are in a good spot. I think as well, to change your halves in the middle of a season, when I know a lot a lot worked with Moylan in terms of attack, but to, just for Trindle to like shore up a little bit that defense on that side, but also Trindle's kick. 40-20. Like he's 40-20, he's got a great boot on him I know sometimes it's it's a bit inconsistent here and there but when he's on it's really good he's a young half like, yeah that'll come yeah but I reckon, I reckon that's another piece of like a bit of adversity they've overcome as well like Talakai not, in the centers yeah there's another one like this is a side that's willing to fight through adversity mm. whereas there are plenty of sides out there that they get a lot of adversity for a month and it destroys their season yeah I'm super impressed by the Sharkies I think that you know, they've still got a ways to go. I think they still need a couple of recruits here or there. Uh, but I think they deserve massive wraps. They could find themselves in the four because they've got sh- – uh, sorry, the Sharks. They've got Knights and then Raiders, two winnable games. Mm. And the Storm, if they beat the Dragons this week, they'll, they'll be on more points. But the Storm have got Brisbane in the last game. Yeah. And I think on four and against, the Sharks might be better, I mm. think. Um so they could beat the top four, which is crazy considering that before that Rabbitohs game, they were looking at missing out on finals altogether. So they could actually. So they're currently in the four, top four. Yeah. If if Warriors drop a couple games, that too, they could squeeze in there. So they're a real chance of finishing top four. Yeah. If they finish top four, what a season. Yeah. Because I know it hasn't looked that great and that pretty, but again just to fight your way into that top four position through the adversity, through everyone counting you out, through mass changes, veterans, like everything has happened at the, at the Sharkies. Everyone counted that, including myself. I thought they were done. Yeah. To finish top four would be a massive success. And I just think that Craig Fitzgibbon is going to be I, – I would be shocked if he's not a coach for the next 10, yeah. 10 15 years. Yeah, and hopefully the Sharks coach, their like, coach. Yeah. He, he is a, the real deal in my opinion. Yeah. He really is. I think the only way that, you know, people could look and the only way you could 
say that you know changes need to be made, it wouldn't be him. It would be people around him. Yeah. I, I think he is the man for the job for the Sharks. I think he is the man that can bring him a premiership. Yeah, I, I really do. I agree. Yep. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm stoked for the Sharkies. That they, the fact they've turned it around against everything. I thought they were done. Their confidence gone. So really, really good. Um, and just their, the their inability to beat top teams, which was a huge issue. Mm. You just like... It's black and white and funny. You just like they couldn't do it. I thought that that were no chance, and now they've they've knocked off South, but to knock off the Cowboys up there, yeah. And someone go, well, they're not a co- top eight side right now. That was top eight footy. Oh, bloody oath! That, was, top eight that footy. was top eight. That was top eight footy. That was the Cowboys playing like a top eight side. Yeah. Um. You know. So I um. Yeah. I still, I still think they're a little bit of a step away from the top tier sides. They are a top eight side though. They are a oh, top for eight sure. side. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they've managed to pull it out of the fire the way they have, I think it's so impressive. Onto the Cowboys. Oh man, it's tough because I didn't think they played that poorly. No, they didn't. I think they just lacked a bit of creativity and attack. They they had a bit of field position to get the job done, but they just didn't seem to be able to f- pull the trigger at the right time. Jeez, what a is it a disaster year for the Cowboys? No, it's not. Yeah. But at the same time, is it a disappointing year? For sure, for sure. If they miss the finals, it's a, it's a bad year. So they for play sure. Panthers at the end of the season. Yeah, they play Dolphins next week and then Panthers. They do play Panthers, but will Panthers rest their players? I don't think so because Broncos. If the Broncos come back, and win, then it could be a minor premiership. Yeah, true. And like minor premiership, you still want to finish first. Oh, for sure. And Cleary's been rested. The boys all got rested. I, I, th- I don't think they'll rest if they're playing for number one. Yeah. If Broncos drop a game, I think they do rest. Um, but I think they'll want that. That uh, I think they'll want the minor premiership. Yeah, me too. And even if they don't, like, I, I back the Panthers. Yeah, I still, even, yeah, even I know Cowboys beat them earlier in the year with, when Origin was affected, but it was a bloody close game. I think that went to Golden Point, didn't it, that game? Or it was really close. It was like 27-23 mm. or something. Um, either way, sh- when you're relying on other teams to rest players, it's not the position you want yeah. to be in. It's weird because I look at the Cowboys and I look at their roster, I'm like, are there that many changes that need to be made? I love their forward pack. I thought their bench is good as well. You know, I thought the Sharkies bench was probably a little bit better last night. Nanai, far out. Seeing Knight and Nanai hit Hunt like that, yeah, I'm just like, we are looking at a freak athlete. That was... Like he's still a kid essentially, 20, 21 years old. The physicality to hit a bloke that big, that hard. It's like, imagine what he's going to be doing when he's 25 and he has his man strength. Yeah. Far out. And he's got a busted shoulder that's getting kneed up, needled up all the time. I reckon, um, I also reckon they missed, it's very obvious, but they miss Valentine Holmes oh, so massive. much. And I reckon Val, I actually reckon he's the best center in the NRL. To be he's the best center in the game? Uh, I reckon he is. I'd, I'd pick him. I mean, maybe I haven't. Maybe Latrell, but besides Latrell, mm. players that are actually playing centre, I know there's Joey Manu and it's a neck and neck battle, but mm. he'd be the first player I sign. I'm I not think including form, form wise, I'd probably go Val. I th- and I'm, I love Tungo when he plays. Oh, Tungo's a beast. He's a fucking beast. Critter's been playing really well as well. Uh, they definitely missed Holmes because Holmes creates momentum for them. Yeah, he creates momentum. He creates line breaks. So definitely missed him. Um, so. Oh, not a disaster for the Cowboys, but definitely disappointing. I think that that early start to the year really hurt them. That's the problem. They've really been playing catch up all year. It's funny how much things come true. Like the advice that Smitty gives, just like it's so so accurate. Mm. Now I remember a couple of years ago where he was like, "The start of the year is so important. Yeah, it's so important because you if you don't start well and bank wins, 
it will always come back to bite you. Essentially, always come back to bite you. Well, I guess and the storm formula is very that's ob- what they do. obviously winning formula. Yeah, and so you know when he when people go, well, that's obvious. Of course, the start of the season's um, such an important thing. But I was always of the mind, no, not really. You can yeah. you can f- you can build into the season, and then you know get the wins towards the end of the year because you've you're fit that you've got combinations going. But you look at it now and you go, far out, there's so many teams that if they just had a start of the year well, yeah. they would have had so many, like six more points would put them in the eight easy. Six more points, they're probably in the top four. Yeah, so that, that start, it's, it's, it's why Craig Bellamy has put so much emphasis on yeah. like winning, winning round one. Yeah. Like, yeah, true. You know, because if you win round one, then you're ready. You're good to go to a degree. And it just shows you that, unfortunately, the Cowboys, maybe, look, they're, maybe they're suffering from all the rep players they had out. Yeah. You know, maybe they're fatigued from such a massive 24 months. Um, but I'm with you. I think even if they miss the eight, which is possible, it's, I don't know, 50-50, but they're a good team. Mm. I wouldn't be changing much. And I think, and I, even if they miss the eight, I'm still backing them to make the eight next year. With the same yeah, roster. I agree. I would still be very surprised if they don't make the eight next year. Yeah, it's, yeah as you said, not a disaster. Definitely underachieved. Yeah. Have been underachieving if they don't make the finals. Which is like so interesting because I reckon maybe at the start of the year, I'm not sure who I said would have would have to do the accountability at the end of the year, but yeah, it's interesting to see how the Sharks managed to pull it out of the fire. When four weeks ago, you would have said, mate, Cowboys are the one pulling yeah. out of the fire. Yeah. You know, Cowboys are the ones that are mentally tough. I mean, Cowboys went down there last year and beat them mm. at their home ground, then just lost to the Eels. Imagine how different the history would be if Cowboys had a won that game at home against the Eels. Oh, I know. Far out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I, I still think that's a really good roster. I still think it's a roster that at its best can challenge the top tier sides. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what changed. Like, I thought Townsend was, had a really disappointing night last night. just yeah. didn't seem to work for him. I, I, I do think people forget how quickly, like Townsend fucking turned his around, guys. Like, yeah, people that are going hard at Townsend, it's like, hang on a sec, guys. He literally turned that club around, and he's he's a big reason that Dean's playing as good as yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, okay, he might have had a couple of bad games or a few bad games or even a not so great season. If you wanted to go that hard at him, which I disagree with, um, it's like, guys, he, you guys were fucking last. Yeah. Like, you were a second last, like whatever it was. Yeah. And, and like a lot of people picked him for the spoon last yeah. year. Yeah. And like he was a huge reason that you had such an incredible year. Like yep. it was short memories. Jeez, jeez. Yeah. And, and look at all of these clubs at the bottom of the table that would kill for Chad Townsend. Oh. So like just chill on that shit. Just yeah. chill on that shit. Um, now, don't forget, nine now, huge game tonight. Uh, sorry. <laughs> huge game uh, this week. We got... Uh, Eels versus Roosters, still a chance of uh, making the eight, both teams. Then on Sunday, we have the Raiders up against the Bulldogs on nine now. Um, it's funny, I uh, put up a, the video of uh, Mulatalo slapping Hunt's yeah. ass, and I knew someone was going to like, oh, he's watching Fox, he's watching Fox. Um, <laughs> so I have to clear I have to clear the air. Yeah. I was watching nine now because Billy Slater and Andrew John's commentary was fucking so good last night. But... I don't know how to do replays on nine now. I don't think you can do replays on nine now. Yeah, I don't know. So I had to go to to KO to to replay so that I could film it and post it. Yeah, right. So no, no wool pulling here. No turncoat here. I mean, not even turncoat, to be honest. Like, wherever you watch footy, doesn't really. Watch it nine now for the great commentary. I'd say what's great about nine now, especially Friday night. So tonight, um, actually Saturday now as well, because they got the 7.30 game. But obviously you always watch the six o'clock game. 
and then sometimes you just forget to like change it change over, it over yeah. and then when, sometimes i'm like 15 minutes in and i realize and it's such a treat to like I go to well. the nine commentary uh, yeah it is because like you know like you're gonna watch ko if you watch all the games you have to watch ko yeah um, and they got so much content and all that, which is which is good. Yeah. But the commentary for nine, it's it's elite. It is so elite. Like Joey was on fire last night. They yeah. were talking in depth footy. Like even with Joey, I think it was like twenty minutes in, he was like, "Oh, geez, they've made two hundred tackles already. Usually by half time, it's about two hundred forty. The game's going to open up at the back end of each half. Like what happened? Exactly yeah. that. Um, and Billy Slater, we all know how great he is. Um, I love when it, the best thing about Joey is that like you know when you watch a game and then you like a mad play happens and you're like wow that was sick and then you watch the replay and you're like wow Townsend did this or didn't do this the replay comes on and I'm just a casual fan like obviously you're probably different X's and O's but like as a casual fan before the replay's even on Joey tells you what to watch out for yeah, he's I like know. and I'm just like how did you see that yeah so quickly yeah, yeah one shot and he knows already what's happened yeah yeah when Joey's on when oh, he's on, best. he's the best. Yeah. He can be a bit chill sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, that's why he's a rogue. That's why we love him. Yeah. But when he's focused and dialed in, fuck, he's one of the best. I yeah. love listening to him break down like attacking players. There's, there's not much better than him when he's when he's dialed in. 100%. It really isn't. Um, anyway, round 25 preview. Who are you going? Warriors brought to you by Sportsbet. You're going to have a punt. You've got to do a Sportsbet. Best in the business. You guys know this. You guys know this. Best in the business. They are a big partner of Bloke. So they support us guys. They make Bloke possible. So go support them only if you're going to punt. And if you are going to punt, do it responsibly. Don't bet money that you can't afford. Just a little punt here and there. Fun with friends. Make sure it's responsibly. You'll win some, but you lose more. Now let's get to some tipping. New Zealand Warriors on Sportsbet, $1.18. Manly Seagulls, $4.95. What are you doing, Matty? The Warriors are short. I'm tipping them. I, I'm not extremely confident. But I just think it's prime time in New Zealand, so it's like 8 o'clock on a Friday. Um, it's been sold out. I think the Warriors are going to have a good game tonight. Mm. Wait, you? Yeah, Warriors. Eels, yeah. Roosters. Eels, <sighs> 2 8, 2 19. Roosters, $1.68. If Moses was playing, I'd tip the Eels. I just, yeah, I think Roosters. I'm Roosters. Yeah. Tigers, Dolphins, Tigers, $1.42. Dolphins, two eighty nine. Jeez. Poor Dolphins, they're decimated. I think Brooks might be out as well. So this. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so uh, probably Tigers, I guess. Yeah, I think Tigers get the win. Titans, $9.50. Panthers, $1.06. Yeah, Panthers buy a lot. St. George, Illawarra. Can you imagine if Panthers go up there and struggle for a win again? All of a sudden, people uh, will be like, ooh. Um, St. George, Illawarra, Dragons, five ten. Storm, $1.17. Storm is so hard. I'm tipping Storm, but yeah. like, God, they're just, <laughs> they're just so inconsistent. I'm tipping Storm as well. I will say, I felt I felt so sorry for Dragons last month of footy. Yeah, they've, they've been, been good. robbed with hectic calls. They've really worked their butts off. What about? Did you see they tried to justify the um, the offside? Don't get me started, bro. <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Look, if you want to come out and say we're going to be honest, and when we get it wrong, we're going to say we get it wrong. Yeah. Do that all the time. To say that the angle that they showed shows that they're not offside yeah. is just like, bro, come, come on. on. Both feet behind the kicker, uh, behind the ball. Like, you really think that angle that's in front in 45 degrees. So the angle that's in front in 45 degrees is better than a bird's eye view 45 degrees behind. Yeah, no. Like, come on. Like, I just... <laughs> anyway, it's, it sucks because, like... I know the bunk at the video ref, and I know the the refs have a 
tough job. Yeah. I know they're under pressure. And I know that it's like the most thankless job ever because the better you do, the less people even know about it. Yeah. It's, it's honestly the most thankless job. Literally, the better you are, the less you're noticed. Yeah. But I think they need more support. I think they need more resources put into the video ref, more resources, uh, resources put into the refing, you know, and also more trust and training into the refs to have a feel for the game. Because I personally believe that the current ref crop that we have, they do have a feel for the game, but I think it's been changed by all these rule changes and people above them saying, no, this is what we need to do. This is not what we need to crack down on. Go to the video ref all the time and, and almost it's it's almost got to a point where they just go you know what i'm just going to go to the vrf like yeah. why do I, why risk it yeah exactly why risk it just go to the vrf and it's out of my hands i don't have to make the call whereas i feel like if the and look this is pure speculation but i feel like if the nrl put onus back on no no we're going to back you in your feel for the game and if you do that and you allow refs to have feel for the game i think fans would be more willing to cop the calls 100%. that go either their way and also I know I've always been a, a, a supporter of the video ref and I know I sound like an old fogey and I used to think like, you know, when Smithy and Joey used to say, get rid of the video ref, I used to be like, mate, come yeah. on, this technology. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not sure if I'm there yet, but I'm getting pretty close mm. because some of these calls from the video ref, they slow the game down so much, but also we're getting them wrong. Yeah. So it's like, what's you know, the what? point of slowing it down when it's going to be wrong anyway? Like, so why don't we just go, you know what, let's just get, let's, take all that money invested into our refs to make them hectic refs and then the flow of the game is better and also you can you can almost fall on that to fans and say look i know we can never take the cats out of the bag now but let's just say in a world we did you can say to the fans guys we're going to get some wrong but this this helps the flow of the game yeah you know this helps it so we're not stopping it for five minutes every fucking 10 minutes more fatigue more tries, more excitement, more everything, and we're going to get them wrong because we're human beings, but we'll do everything we can. Or like even if we go, okay, video ref only in try scoring situations or yep. whatever it is, just some way to go, you know, we're getting them calls wrong anyway. Like, for example, some of the calls that touchies make, I'm like, like, what? It's literally all you should be looking at. Yeah. Like, you literally can see his foot out. Like, what else are you, what else are you looking at other than them being on side or off site? Yeah. Maybe maybe they've got another job of like, I don't know, the 10 meter mark. Maybe, look, there's so much I don't know, but it just seems like outside looking in, the refs aren't giving, uh, being given enough training and support and finances. And we've lost, the, we've lost the idea that refs have their own feel and touch for the game. Yep. I think that back in the day, you used to have refs where you'd go into a game and you'd be like, Bill Harrigan, he refs like this. So this is the way it's going to be. This ref... He refs like this, whereas nowadays it's almost just across the board. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, I, I just think the refs aren't given – they're just like – they're on a leash. Yeah, they're, ro they're robotic. They're robotic because they've been getting hammered with like from higher up of like this is what we need to do rather yeah. than going, you know what? You are paid because you're good at what you do. So we're going to trust that you know how to make a game flow. Because yeah. what, what I don't understand is we get to origin and it's the best. The refing is fucking outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. So it's like – I just and, and guess what that is? That's the refs given leeway to allow fuel for the game. Yeah, because that's what it is. Yeah, and, and you can't sit here and tell me that they're not they're not cheating a half a meter in Origin. They're, they're doing it, they're they doing, it, they're doing it more in Origin. They do it more in Origin. Yeah, 
they they hold down when they can. They they get offside when they can. They're a bit grubby in tackle. Like, of course they are. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> what what game were we on? Knights uh, Rabbitohs. Uh, fifteen Rabbitohs dollar seventy one. Rabbitohs. Hopefully, to toll is back. Raiders Bulldogs. Raiders dollar thirty four. Bulldogs three twenty eight. Uh, probably Raiders. They they're fighting for their season, but they've been disappointing. The Raiders. Mm. Uh, don't forget, guys, Liquor Legends, New South Wales ACT, Queensland have bloke midi six-packs on special. As I said, guys, we are the beer of rugby league. If you're driving in your car or you're at the gym right now and you, you want to have some beers later, just go down and give her a try. Just give her a try. See how you like it. I promise you won't be disappointed. It's a beautiful beer, and it was made in sport. Beautiful. It's Aussie spirit in a, it's Aussie spirit in a can, and it's for blokes to turn up, for family, mates, and good times. Um you, I, I, we spoke about this already, but are you yep. slowly becoming a movie man? I need you to become a movie man. <laughs> what do you want? From, like, you want me to watch? Why don't you give me? Give me. I'll watch a movie this week because I just don't. I watched Gladiator for the first time like a few months I ago. No, and that's so you like that is fucked. Yeah, like you are less of a friend to me. That the fact that that is true. <laughs> and like, I I hate people that like try to not do things to be cool. So I'm I'm trying really hard not to sound like I'm flexing that I don't watch movies. Oh I don't. My God, I don't think it's so cool. I hate like, that. Oh, is the Matildas playing? Who gives oh, a shit? Bro. Who gives a shit? Sport, <laughs> boring. Sports for losers. It's like, oh, okay, bro. Yeah. Okay. You're so cool, man. You don't like sport like everyone else. Like, you're so above everyone else. Oh. You're so enlightened. Give me a break. I hate people like oh, that. Oh, it's just like so cringe. You're just not, you're just not fun to be around, you know? And But like also, the, the problem with people like that is like, you're you're not intelligent enough to realize how unintelligent you are. Yeah. Like you, if you think that that is cool, then you aren't aware enough to understand that just liking sport doesn't make you dumb. Like, but because or, or whatever it is, whatever reason why sport isn't cool. Like, look, if you don't enjoy sport, that is fine. Like, yeah. There's no one saying you have to watch sport, but bragging about not watching sport. Yeah, that's shit. Most uncoolest thing ever. Just like someone's like, I don't read books. <laughs> I was like, you sound I mean, like an idiot. Yeah, like you're <laughs> bragging about not reading books. Yeah. Okay, bro. You know, like the it's like the oldest form of like knowledge. Like it changed the world when we could, you know, begin to print books. It literally changed the world. Reading books, the information that you can get out of it, it is second to none. Literally mm. second to none. Now, if you don't want to read books, that's fine. But you're not cool for not reading books. Exactly. That's yeah. that's bizarre to me. That is bizarre. But um, I watched actually. On Netflix, untold documentary, Jake Paul. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, I, look, I don't... It's not like... I think it's funny that people go, oh, you just got to get to know him and he's a different guy behind the scenes. Nah, he still seems like a bit of a, a douche. Yeah, that's that's why I've reserved watch, watching... No, watch it. Like... It's interesting. Okay. It's definitely well, I love Doco, so... Yeah, it's yeah. definitely interesting. I want to watch the uh, untold Johnny Manziel, I think it is. Oh, yeah. I want to watch that. He's... A, a, like this gun that came through college quarterback okay got scouted i think by the cleveland browns and just completely sabotaged his career like he's like so hyped up when he came out i think the number one draft pick like loved by everyone who did i i think i heard scope talking about this yeah, yeah he would have watched it yeah 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 i want to watch that that's yeah that sounds hectic yeah that sounds hectic but the, the jake paul one's decent again i'm not look because like the thing with jake paul i'm not a fan with like the carry on and i don't mind carry on but like the, the fake, you know, caring about fighters' pay when it comes to MMA, the whole, yeah. you know, he doesn't care about that. He just, he just wants attention, whatever, whatever. Yeah. 
But people that are like, oh, just, you know, fight a boxer, all you're fighting is old people. It's like, bro, he's a YouTuber in his seventh or eighth fight. <laughs> I'm, you can go and find actual boxers that came through the amateurs that fight cab drivers in their fifth or sixth fight. Yeah. To expect Jake Paul to go out and box, like he, he fought Tommy Fury and granted Tommy Fury is not a good boxer, but he's a boxer. Yeah. And it wasn't a complete towel up. Like it wasn't Tommy Fury just knocking him out second round. And so I, I don't think Jake Paul has a high skill set. I don't think he's actually a naturally talented boxer at all. I, yeah, I don't rate him highly as a boxer. But like people that are like, oh, you know, you're a bum. You're only fighting MMA fighters. It's like, bro, have you? do you know anything about boxing? Go and look at nearly any good boxer's record. The first five fights at the very least are against absolute tomato cans. I think the um, – because, I, I mean, I don't know anything about Jake Paul really, but I think going off that, the biggest s- sport in the world where casuals think they're – they know everything mm. is boxing. Like when yeah. people when people who like half watch boxing watch boxing, they think that there's so many experts in boxing. Yeah, I know. It is a, it's a it's – a Armchair expert, that's what I'm looking for. MMA and, and MMA. boxing. It's funny because like there's a thing called like, oh, you're a casual. It's like an insult now in MMA. Oh, okay, yeah. Like you're a casual. Um, which is, I, I think, like casual should absolutely have their. I mean, I'm technically, I consider my basically a casual. Mm. Um, they should be allowed to have opinions. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you're like, bro, like any boxer, their first few fights. Like, for example, when people get angry at footy fighters when they, you know, fight and they're like, oh, yeah. he's a tomato can. And it's like the footy fighter is literally in his first or second fight. Yeah. Just because he's an athlete, it means nothing in a boxing ring. I promise you right now. Being an athlete in boxing, it's a bonus, but it, you, I will show you guys that are so unathletic, just just terrible, but they've boxed for a while and they know the skill set that will absolutely bash a hectic, a hectic athlete. Yeah, okay. Now, if you're a hectic athlete and you learn how to box, yeah. then you can be good. Like, okay, here's a perfect one. Like Sonny Bill, even though I think that he had a good career yeah. um, in boxing and I, like what he did was great. But you would expect Sonny Bill to go to boxing and fucking wipe the floor with everyone. Yeah. When, you, when you talk about athletics, because he is truly one of the most gifted athletes we've seen in a long time. Yeah. But, you know, he, he did well and it's really respectable for what he's did. Mark Hunt, what was he, 45 years old? Yeah. F- maybe, maybe older. Maybe even yeah. older. Yeah. Fights him way past his prime. Fights him, you know, Mark Hunt, he's not the fittest bloke. He's, uh, he doesn't look the fittest or whatever. Knock Sonny Bill Williams out. Ugh, crazy. If that doesn't show you, and I understand Mark Hunt is one of the greatest, you know, yeah. to do it in the heavyweight. So I'm not saying that he's just some anyone. But it shows you that doesn't matter how athletic you are, if, if you know how to box and you know the sweet science, you will beat the best athlete in the world mm. because it is a different language. It's, it's, a to- it's honestly, it's like learning a language. You could probably transfer from like league to soccer quicker than you could transfer to, to boxing at a high level. Yeah. Um, they're, and they're very different sports, but that's how, but people think that he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He's just going to go in there and bash yeah. someone. That's not, that's not boxing. That's why they call it a sweet science. Shows how good, um, shows, shows how, um, like impressive Mundine's record was there. hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like, you know, the fact that Chalk did what he did, you know, I know a lot of people like to discredit it because he's a, you know, he's outspoken and yeah. he still, what he did was incredible. Like, did he reach the tippity top tier of boxing in his weight class? You know, maybe not. But the fact that he was even close to it, mm. the fact that he was even fighting like internationally the way he did, that's incredible. Mm. Being a footy player, and some might say he did a bit of boxing growing up. Oi, he was a footy player. Yeah. 
That's what he, he was that, a footy player. He was a sure. footy player. He was in three grand finals. Yeah, like we're talking about a footy player to do what he did. It's one of the greatest things any Australian sport has a sportsman has ever done. Yeah, has ever done. Yeah. Um, and you know, if he was if he was beloved by everyone, it would be celebrated more. But it was absolutely incredible what he achieved. Absolutely incredible. Um, and he, and even though like he's outspoken and that, I I love Mundine. I just listened to his podcast with James Graham. It was awesome. Mm. Um, but his out, outspokenness that sold so many tickets. It sold so many tickets. He was he wanted to he'd be the villain. It sells tickets. Yeah. I tell you this about Anthony Mundine. Started the podcast. I would have been like ten episodes in, maybe less. This is when he was the guy. Yeah, the guy. Um, we're talking like eight years ago. Now, you don't have to come on my podcast. No one ever has to. If someone says no to me, I have no issue with that. Like, of course, like you don't owe me fucking anything, yeah. anything. But I've had people that I know that like wouldn't even answer a message back then. Yeah, yeah. I messaged Anthony Mundine on Facebook. He responded to me. He doesn't know who I am. Just yeah. a random to him. So, yep, sweet, boom. Come down, did the whole thing for free. He ended up saying things that were all across national news. Yeah. Went international as well. And he never asked for anything. He was completely humble about it. And so, like, does it mean I agree with everything he's ever said? Of course not. But there is a different side to Anthony Mundine. For sure that you do that a lot of people may not know and that's chock's fault like he's the one that went out and said some outlandish stuff <laughs> and act the way he did but if you've met him before and experienced you know just hanging out with him there's a different side to him and the fact that he gave me that it was huge for the podcast it, oh, it, of course. it, it put us i wouldn't say like put us on the map because it still took many years for us to get big yeah but for a for an australian superstar athlete to answer a message on facebook and then come on a podcast no one even knew what they was 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 un, nothing short of amazing mm. like nothing short of amazing i always remember that with anthony mundine um and so what he achieved was incredible and no one can ever take that away from him yeah and you know what's crazy is like so the thing that people like roasted him for is he said he used to be in he used to be jonathan thurston but with twin turbos yeah i remember yeah now look he he obviously didn't end up being thurston but i argue i challenge you go back and look at anthony mundine's early career at the same age as like when, let's say JT was 24 when, yeah. you know, and you compare it to Mundine to his 24. I don't know whether it was as good, but it wasn't far off it. Yeah. It wasn't far off it. He was in three premiership three, sides. Yeah. Three grand finals. Yeah. And he's like. Uh, sorry, grand finals. Yeah. And if you look, I've because I was obviously too young, but I've watched all of his highlights and he was, he was unbelievable. Oh, wild. And so it's not, even though, you know, Thurston isn't, probably going to be an immortal yeah. one of the greatest sevens we've ever seen it's not as crazy as some people think yeah. it's really not as crazy he was amazing anthony mundine um yeah so uh, well, how we get down there oh yeah jake paul boxing <laughs> when are you getting in the ring bro have you ever boxed before i i, I tell you what i did boxing when i was in year eight and my only claim to fame was i broke the gym skipping record oh <laughs> what was the record like 17 minutes or something you skip for 17 minutes. Yeah. That is so you. I know. Like boxing, but you're skipping <laughs> And record. I break the skipping record. Not anything else that has to like, like obviously skipping has to be boxing, but like not the boxing. Nah. The skipping the Skipping record. the warm up. Jesus yeah. Christ. But no, I did. Um, I've never, I've never fought someone with, mm. with gloves on. Yeah. You sparred or anything? No. Nah. No. Nah. I, I reckon it should be like almost a prerequisite that every person has to just spar once. Mm. I know it's dangerous or whatever. Just once though. Just so you can feel how easily you can be knocked out. Yeah. Because once you get 
people think that going to a boxing gym makes you aggressive and angry and thinking that you're better than everyone else and you can bash everyone. It does the complete opposite. Yeah. You go into a boxing gym and you realize that you can't do shit mm. and you could get bashed. You can get knocked out by the worst fighter ever if he just lands on your chin. Like yeah. it is so easy and it, it, it just, it humbles you. It, it's a total opposite of what a lot of people think. It, it truly humbles you and makes you realize that anyone can knock you out at any time. So just don't even bother. Just mm. don't even bother. You know, go in there. If you enjoy boxing, obviously continue to spar. I, I think it would humble a lot of people. Oh, for sure. There's so many young men, especially out there, that, you know, they go out, testosterone flying. I get it. You're young. You know, for, for so many years, we were sent away to wars. So we just want to fight and yeah. just want to prove ourselves and prove we're the fucking big dogs. Yeah. And this is our territory and don't fuck with me. It's all part of like being a bloke. They go out and they get knocked out by someone. Yeah. Right? And they go they go into the fight thinking that they're indestructible because we're all guilty of it. As an 18-year-old man, I literally thought I was indestructible. Mm. I literally thought that I was indestructible. And so, you know, with boxing, it teaches you that, like, you are absolutely destructible. Mm. Um, and think about how much more humble everyone would be and respectful of everyone if you got into the gym once and sparred. Think about how much, okay, something goes wrong on the road with someone. You've been in a sparring and you know that anyone could knock you out. How are you going to deal with that altercation differently? Yeah. You're going to be like, hey, mate, all good. Because you don't want the conflict. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to get in a fight because you know how fucking bad it can get. And that's in a, like that's just sparring. Street fights can get way more hectic. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, now, to be fair, it's also good if you do boxing to, for self-defense. So if you do get fucking crazy people or whatever attacking you, you can defend yourself. But I've always felt that. I really think it would teach. Look, if you don't want to get women in there and that, if you a lot of young men, if you got them in a boxing gym, it would completely change the way they acted when they they went out. Now there are some bad apples, there's some bad eggs where they train boxing and they go out and carry on like fuck. There's bad eggs and everything, but I think for most young men, it makes them, it humbles them and, and teaches them respect and yeah. like there's no need to do any of that carry on. Yeah. Fair. Um. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. Go and spar someone in a boxing gym. Just do okay. it. That's what the beak says. Just do it once. And you will have a fucking hectic respect for the real boxers, the mm. real fighters. Anyway, you got anything else to say, Matty? I mean, I've never sparred anyone. I used to do the, um, like I, I, I got gas just punching a boxing bag. Yeah, it's a different cardio system for sure. Yeah. It's They're funny. so fit. They're so fit. Yeah. MMA fighters, they, they are like, trained weapons that's when you see alex volkanovsky think about how crazy it is alex volkanovsky essentially right now is pound for mound pound for pound the most dangerous man on earth it's it's and he, look at him imagine <laughs> but imagine that feeling in your own head like the fact that alex volkanovsky is such a down-to-earth good bloke mm. is a testament to his upbringing to who he is as a man because think about how many young men would go completely off the rails with that in their head. Yeah. I am the most dangerous man on the planet, pound for pound. And I know some people sit there and go, oh yeah, but what about SAS soldiers? And Look, with guns and that, for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure, like knives, yeah. But when we're talking about hand-to-hand -hand combat, yeah, he's the most dangerous man on the planet, pound for pound. That is wild. It's, and like we look, we look back on Mike Tyson's days and we go, you know, baddest man on the planet. And he was, and he's still, I mean, I'm a huge fan of him as a boxer. Yeah. But MMA is different. They'll, they can do anything, anywhere, anytime. Yeah. It's not just hands and boxing in a rule set. It's they can literally take you down and fucking destroy you any way they want to. Yeah. Any way they, like the most dangerous man pound for pound planet and he's from Shell Harbour. 
He was probably down when he was Wild. 18. He was down the local having beers with his mates. He turned into an playing, absolute playing weapon. rugby league. Played rugby league, and that's right. The <laughs> most dangerous pound for pound person in the world, rugby league player. I think it's a it's a it's a compliment to the sport as well that like the most dangerous man on the planet is such a like it shows that even though it, like from the outside it looks like it's an aggressive sport, really it's about being the most disciplined person in the room. As in MMA or MMA. rugby league? MMA. Yeah, super disciplined. Super disciplined. And being mentally tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyone can go out there and throw haymakers for yeah. 60 seconds. But can you be... Because what's the saying? Fatigues makes cowards of us all. Yeah. That's that's the difference. It's You can be mentally tough to be like, oh, I want to stand over you, I'm bigger, I'm tougher, I'm struggling. Or... When you're gassed, mm. when your ass is hanging out, when your breath is just stinging in your lungs, you feel like you can't give it anymore. Can you go again? That's what separates the greats from just normal people. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so if anyone has an issue with me, just so you know, I'm friends with Alex Volk. <laughs> so one call, Volk comes in swinging. Not really. He'd probably be like, who the fuck's this? <laughs> um, anything else today, mate? No, I'm good. You're good? I'm good. All righty. As usual, we'll go and fuck ourselves. Thank you. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.